Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. And joining me for this episode of Gators Breakdown is Kevin McGuffey, who covers the Kentucky Wildcats for Last Word on College Football. Kevin, we had you on last year, and I'm glad I could... uh, we could turn it around and get you on again this year. Well, thank you very much, David, for having me on. I, I really, really appreciate it and uh, look forward to talking with you about the, uh, about the game on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, look, it was the first game uh, Saturday. Uh, did you, was it uh, finally a relief college football season has started? Yes. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during you know, doing the, the stuff for last word on college football, it's like, okay, you get into the summer, it's like, okay, what can you write about? <laughs> it's like, okay, you can talk about recruiting, okay, and then then more recruiting, and then you talk about, you know, you start previewing the teams, and then, you, you know, then you finally get there, and it's like, yeah, it was just like, you know, it should be, I always think, you know, we joke it should be a national holiday. You know, like <laughs> that Thursday, you know, now that the season started on Thursday, you know, this, this should be a national holiday or something. It's like, yes, football's back. But yeah, no, it, it was good. It was good to, to finally uh, finally get going here in 2018. That's kind of how I see the Monday uh, of Labor Day. It's, it's, it's a celebration of college football weekend for me. So that's, that, that, that's the day off for me. That's what yeah, it means. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I did. You know, I actually was off from you know my my job, my real job. I work at a television station here in, in Lexington, and um, I had uh, actually was able to get Monday off. So I watched uh, lots of football, golf, some tennis. You're just kind of vegged out on the, you know, and just you know watch sports all day. So watch you know a lot of SEC football. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll get into a preview of the Kentucky Wildcats here with Kevin in just a second. But remember, you can find all your Gators Breakdown episodes on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown, as well as articles from the News for Jack sports team. That's news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Also, you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube if you want the video version or catching us live like you are right now. And when using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. Let Gator Nation know what they're getting with Gators Breakdown Hey, and on social media, Twitter and Facebook, follow us at Gators Breakdown. So, Kevin, uh, let's go back to last year for just before a second before we hear, you know, hit this year. You know, it was a Kentucky coulda, shoulda, woulda won, have won that game versus Florida last year. There's been some tightly contested battles over the last few years, but that one had to be probably one of the worst ones, right? Oh, definitely. I think, um, 
you know, to, to coin a phrase, it was the most Kentucky football game ever. The uh, uh, come from behind, or excuse me, come from ahead, 28-27 loss. Um, you know, I, we're, I were talking before, I said, you know, we sat here this time last year, and I was like, this is it, this is the year. Kentucky's breaking the streak, and, you know, and it's 27-13 going into the fourth quarter. Cat fans are feeling great, or as good as we can feel, because, you know, as the long-suffering Kentucky fan, um, you always have that feeling in the pit of your stomach. Okay, what's going to happen? You know, you just can't help it. Something's going to happen. And it did, you know, it just happened for a second time that, you know, the defense left somebody uncovered, you know, left Swain uncovered and, you know, they got that touchdown and then Steven Johnson drove them down the field and we got the, uh, the holding penalty on Nick Haynes, which, you know, I won't get into that. It was, we'll say it was questionable and just leave it at that. Um, and then, you know, moved Austin McGinnis back, and he still almost, you know, made that 58, 57-yard field goal. But, yeah, it was – I mean, it was just, you know, a gut – you know, a punch to the gut. It was just so, you know, so depressing. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this happened. You know, this was going to be the year. This was our year. We're breaking the streak. And then to have it end like that, it was, you know, it was just, it was awful. But, like I said, unfortunately for the long-suffering Kentucky fan – you know, you, you don't want to say you get used to these things or you expect them. But like, as I said, you get that feeling like, OK, what's going to happen? You know, you can't handle pros- we can't handle prosperity. <laughs> All right. So then, you know, Dan Mullen comes to Florida now. And uh, of course, Kentucky is familiar with Dan Mullen. Uh, the, 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 they were the crossover division opponents from uh, his Mississippi State days. So Mississippi State and Kentucky played every year. Uh, you know, so Kentucky knows Dan Mullen pretty well. So what do you remember most about Dan Mullen's teams in Starkville? The biggest thing I remember is that Kentucky couldn't beat them. Um, you know, in the nine years that he was in Starkville, Kentucky was one in eight. You know, the only win coming two years ago on a last second field goal, you know, by Austin McGinnis that, you know, some people, you know, as we've gone through like the, net, the last year or so, people, there's been whispers, you know, that game actually may have saved Coach Stoops' job. Um, by beating Mississippi State. Um, but, I mean, the biggest thing, like I said, is just, you know, they were always just a big physical team. You know, they always have, you know, whether it was Fitzgerald or, you know, Dak Prescott before that, you know, they always had, you know, that quarterback that seemingly Kentucky could never stop, whether it's running, passing, you know, either you know either either way. And then they always were always good on the defense, especially the defensive line. You know, like Mississippi State's, you know, team line this year is uh, is great. But like I said, that, that's the biggest thing we remember is that, um, you know, basically the fact that we can't – Kentucky hasn't been able – you know, was not able to beat Mullen while we are there. And, um, you know, there's one of the columnists here in town um, for the election Herald leader talked about how they think, you know, the window – is the window closing for Kentucky to break the street because of Mullen's dominance um, against the Cats when he was at Mississippi State. Because you, you figure, with you know, with Florida's resources – you know, recruiting in the state of Florida, you know, you know, last year, you know, the four and seven was obviously not the norm. That was a, a rare, rare exception. And, you know, I, you know, I think people here, and I'm sure you guys, you could answer this better than me. You're expecting, you know, you guys to be right back up at the top now, you know, nine, 10 win, you know, seasons, you know, possible BC, you know, bowl championship, you know, games, you know, things like that. But that, that's the biggest thing is like the fact that Kentucky just for whatever reason couldn't get over the hump. You know, some of those games were very close, um, but then there were a lot, like last year, that were just total upsets. I mean, not total upsets, just total blowouts. 
Yeah, you know, last time you go, uh, Kentucky visited the swamp, it was uh, you know still Luke, probably Luke Del Rio's best game <laughs> ever as a Gator. So uh, you know he came in and and, and saved Florida last year in Lexington, uh, as we right. as we said there. So you know no Luke Del Rio for Kentucky fans to deal with this year. <laughs> no, no, but I will say what what I saw of Frank's you know um, on Saturday, I watched I probably watched maybe a couple quarters of that game. I was very uh, I was very impressed with what I saw from him i don't know if it's you know implementing mullen's system but he seemed much more comfortable in the pocket seemed much more you know just a much more complete player than what you know what we had remembered last year and as you said you know he got he got pulled during that game and um you know del, del rio came in and as you said you know led them to a victory so all right so let's go back to last week in, in kentucky he had a really turnover prone first half versus central michigan but ended up putting it all together uh, Kentucky shut out Central Michigan in the second half and leaned on the ground game uh, a lot in that second half as well. And uh, the Kentucky uh, did not commit a turnover in the second half after giving the ball away four times in the first half. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know Kentucky starting a true, you know, basically not a true freshman, but basically you know Terry Wilson and Gunnar Hoke. You know, neither one of them has ever played in the college football game. You know, an actual game. You know, Terry Wilson played. You know, in junior college last year in, in Kansas, but you know, Hoke had never has never played. You know, he's been in the system three years. Um, I attribute a lot of that with Wilson to nerves. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was nervous. I think he was trying to do too much. Um, you know, he had two two fumbles and an interception. And if you go back and look at his stats, even in junior college, that was the big the big bugaboo with him is that he was turnover prone. Um, you know, late in the second quarter, he took a shot and injured his shoulder. And the cats, you know, they brought in Gunnar Hoke, and he led the team right down, right down as like a seventy-one yard drive before the end of the half, and uh, you know, which gave Kentucky the lead twenty-one twenty. And then, but then neither one of them, you know, did a whole lot in the second half. But you know, once they got the lead, they just relied on the ground game, you know, with Benny Snell, and then also AJ Rose. And um, like I said, the turnovers I think was more nerves, more nerves than anything, and just trying to do too much. Uh, so, Kevin, if, if uh, Wilson was named starter, right, for the game uh, coming up against Florida. Yes, um, yes. All right, so do you still think uh, – how short is the leash? Do we see do, – do you think we see more than one quarterback? Or, um, you know, is it – is it they're going to ride with Wilson? Or uh, is – I mean, I, I guess, you know, going back to last week, did he just get pulled because he got dinged up? Or was there probably going to be a change at quarterback anyway? See, I think they want to stay with Wilson. I mean, they've been, you know, it was the, the 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 quarterback race is really tight between he and Hope, but they just love the options that he gives them, you know, that run pass, you know, the kind of quarterback Kentucky hasn't, you know, Steven Johnson was able to do it some, you know, he could run the ball and pass, but he just offers so many things, uh, possibilities that Hoke may not. Hoke's probably just a better drop back passer. Uh, to answer your question, I think, you know, Wilson will start unless he has like three turnovers or, you know, something happens and it just goes to go south quickly. I think they want to leave Wilson in there and see what he can do, you know, for an entire game. But like I said, if something happens, he fumbles, you know, they have three turnovers. He fumbles a lot, interceptions. You may, you may see Hoke in there. All right, so you mentioned Benny Snell, and of course the the, the offense goes through him. And uh, the junior ran for 125 yards and 20 attempts uh, last week. But sophomore AJ Rose, as you mentioned him as well, uh, scored the first two touchdowns of his career and added another 104 yards in Kentucky for the day. 299 yards on the ground, and you know that added your 427 yards of total offense. 
Uh, we know Snell is the guy, but have they maybe found somebody that could add some depth behind him in Rose? Yeah, I think they really have. Um, A.J. Rose is one of the, the stars of the spring this year. Um, he had three touchdowns. Benny Snell didn't play in the spring game this year. He had, like I think it was an ankle ankle sprain or something. Rose had 130 yards and three touchdowns. And um, he, he's a guy that I think that the coaching staff thinks can come in, as you saw last Saturday. You know, Snell had, 100, as you said, 125 yards and two touchdowns, and he, he was in the hospital the night before. He uh, he had flu. I don't know if it's flu-like symptoms, but he was he was very sick, and there was there was questions whether or not he was even going to play on Saturday. But um, you know, he came out. You know, like I said had 100 yards, two touchdowns, and like I said with Rose, you know, Rose gives them you know another guy they can go to to give you know to give Snell a break. Now I'm sure if it was up to Benny, of course Benny uh, Benny likes to refer to himself in the third person now, which is, you know, <laughs> which is one of the most, you know, the funniest things ever. I think, you know, he says, Benny Snell is going to do this and Benny, you know, uh, he offers, like I said, Rose offers him another option. Um, uh, I think to win on Saturday, I think Snell's got to have a career, a career game. We'll probably talk about more of that later, but I think he's got to have a career game, but also I think they have Rose and they also have Siam King, um, who also can play. He played some, he played some snaps, especially in that fourth quarter um, on Saturday when they were trying to run the clock out. Basically, you know, once they got the lead and they just, you know, kind of ran the ball, ran the ball, you know, kind of maybe even see a rotation of those three guys. All right, Kevin, if we uh, move to the other side of the ball, Kevin McGuffey of Last Word on College Football joining me here, previewing the Kentucky Wildcats as the Gators' opponent this Saturday in the Swamp at 730 on SEC Network. Uh, here we go on the other side of the ball. The, you know, Kentucky had to lean on his defense a lot in the first half. We mentioned all those turnovers, those four turnovers that the uh, offense had. Uh, Central Michigan converted each turnover into points, uh, though you know only 13 of those points were were, were uh, scored on the Kentucky defense. Uh, Chippewas had a fumble return for a touchdown in the first half and kicked two field goals, uh, but also scored a touchdown on a drive that was prolonged by a penalty. So, Kevin, we go into this season, you know, only one game played so far. You have a lot of starters back. That's where a lot of people have pointed to Kentucky and maybe you know, the, the reason Kentucky would turn the corner this year because you guys had so many starters back uh, on the defense. Where areas do you expect to see improvement with all these starters back? I think the biggest thing, you know, it starts with the linebackers, with uh, Josh Allen and Jordan Jones. Uh, one thing you guys will notice if you watched any, if you saw any of the game from Saturday they moved Josh Allen from the weak side to the strong side linebacker, like the hybrid defensive end position in hopes of him getting to the quarterback more. And, you know, he had a bunch of sacks the first half of the season and like none the second half. And, you know, it worked out on Saturday because he had, you know, he had a sack. He, he was second on the team in tackles with 10 um, and had a sack and a, um, and a, like three tackles for a loss. Um, it starts with those guys. Um, you know, they lost Denzel Ware, who you know decided to leave the program? Another guy who they thought was going to be a big contributor this year was Josh Pascal, uh, who played a lot as a freshman. He um, guy he diagnosed he has basically like a cancer, like a melanoma in his foot that he had to have surgery on. So he was a guy that they lost. But the linebacker it starts with the linebackers. Uh, the biggest thing that the coaching staff has been talking about um, throughout camp and even saw it a little bit on Saturday is on the defensive line. Uh, the line has been, for the last you know two or three years, has been probably the weakest spot on the def- on on that side of the ball. But you have guys like you know Quentin Bahana and uh, Tamir Dubose, people like that, who uh, who played really good. Phil Hoskins 
you know, guys who stepped up, you know, helped stop the run, got, got some pressure on the quarterback. So, you know, those are two, you know, that's, that's been the biggest, you know, question mark has been the defensive line. And then you move to the secondary. The secondary was supposed to be the last season was supposed to be Kentucky's best, you know, the, you know, was supposed to be one of the best secondaries in the country. And they struggled badly uh, for whatever reason, you know, nobody really seems to know what, the, what the deal was, but, you know, they were, you know, near the bottom in the nation in pass defense last year. And you have, you know, Mike Edwards, who's a potential, you know, high draft pick. You've got Derek Beatty. You've got, you know, uh, Chris Westry, who unfortunately he got ejected um, from the game on Saturday for a targeting call. But, you know, you have guys, you know, that have a lot of experience, but for whatever reason, they just didn't, you know, couldn't put it together last year. You know, it's, uh, you're only basing it on one game right now, but you said they held them to like, I think it was 118 yards passing or something, you know, something like that. And um, the quarterback from Central Mission, Poljan, uh, he was, uh, you know, one of those dual threat kind of guys, which is, uh, you know, people, the kind of quarterbacks who've given Kentucky fits over the years. And they did a really, really good job, you know, on containing him. And then they had a really good running back, Jonathan Ward, who actually went out of the game, didn't play a lot. He got injured. Uh, but, like, to, to go back to your point, the defensive line is one place where they're really looking for improvement, and the coaches have seen a lot of improvement now. You know, going from Central Michigan to playing Florida, we'll see what it looks like. We'll see what it looks like on on um, on Saturday. But that's that. You know, of course, you can say that about every game. But that that mm -hmm. the uh, the offensive defensive line battle, especially on the Kentucky defensive side, I think will have a big uh, play a big role in how the game goes on Saturday. No, I definitely agree with you there. You know, uh, going back to Florida's first game and and years past, you know, just all Florida offensive line has not been a strength of the team. And even though it was Charleston Southern, you know, they, they did struggle opening some running lanes. Uh, getting to the second level there, and you know Florida just couldn't find uh, the running lanes you expect in the Dan Mullen offense. You know it was the first game; they're they're still figuring everything out. You know they're they're uh, they'll go back and watch film this week and look at what they did wrong. Uh, but I agree with you there; it, it is the Kentucky defensive line versus this Florida offensive line that probably will be uh, the key to the game for the Florida defense and turn it right around. Uh, for Kentucky as well is probably that Kentucky offensive line opening hole for Benny Snell and against this Florida defensive line. But uh, going going back to the Kentucky uh, defense, and, and you talked about you know it was the second worst pass defense in the SEC uh, last year, gave up 200 yards and more. Do you expect this defensive line to help that secondary? Do you think that could have been an issue for why the secondary maybe fell off last year? Because was the was the was the pressure there from the defensive line last year? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very – I think it's a very good point. I think Kentucky was having trouble getting to the – you know, going back to the thing about Josh Allen, you know, he was great in the first half of the season, you know, at getting to the quarterback. I, You know, you go back and watch some of those games, and quarterbacks, you know, had literally all day, you know, all day to pass, you know, with SEC caliber receivers. You know, if you're trying to guard somebody, you know, six, seven seconds, you know, wait, you know, it, it's hard to do. You know, eventually, you know, somebody's going to break free, and I think that was – I think that was that was a big part of it. As I said, you know, some of those guys had really good games on Saturday, and then you move in, you know, like I said, with Allen, they moved, you know, Jordan Jones is healthy. He was hurt, you know, off and on a lot of last year, and uh, you know, I think the biggest thing, like I said, getting getting to the ball, I think that's going to be that that's something that they've improved on, and like I said, I'm going to be very interested to see how they do, you know, against SEC caliber, you know, SEC caliber competition especially somebody who they've, you know, have obviously had trouble with, you know, in the past. All right, uh, Kevin, 
I went back. I was at SEC Media Days, and, and of course, uh, Stoops was asked about the streak of uh, you know losing to Florida, and you know it, it, I think he's pretty much accepted the fact that, that you know being asked about it at SEC Media Days, he he can't get away from it. You know, how do you think he's uh, uh, you know I ain't saying he's accepting the losing streak, but accepting having to be you know it, it be the elephant in the room now every time this game comes up. Yeah, no, I, and it's I, I might I don't know if it was the first question somebody asked, but it was I think it was one of the you know the you know one of the first four or five. Uh, you know, you just it's you know it's part of Kentucky football. Unfortunately, you know, for years it was the streak against Florida, then it was a streak against you know Tennessee. You know, six years ago, seven years ago, Kentucky finally broke that one. Uh, you know, I think you know what Coach Stoops usually says is you know I've only been here for six of those games. You know, which is you know I guess you. You know, you can kind of look at it that way. You know, there's been, I think, been six. I believe Stoop, Coach Stoops is the sixth Kentucky coach who's been here since, you know, the last time Kentucky uh, beat Florida, you know, in 86. Um, like I said, it's just it's just part of it. Um, you know, the best thing you can do is to just go out there and win. <laughs> but, um, but you know, like I said, he, he's, you know, he handles it. You know, he knows it's going to come. As you said, it's going to come up every week. And, you know, there's, there's no, you know, there's no set answer. There's no cute answer. It just, you know, it happens, you know, it's, it's this game we have to play at some point, you know, at some point we're going to win, at least, you know, the Kentucky fans think we're going to win at some point, but like I said, you know, usually coach Stoops' answer is that, well, I've only been here for, you know, this is only my sixth season. So I've only, you know, I haven't been here for all 31 games. You know, these players have only been here for a couple of games. You know, there's probably players, you know, the media will remind them, I'm sure, all this week. But I'm sure, you know, there's players, you know, that don't even know about the streak. They just know, okay, we played Florida, we lost Florida, we lost to Florida last year, we lost Florida the last couple of years. You know, they're only they're only trying to focus, they're trying to keep the, the, the team focused on this game and not the streak. And, you know, whether, whether that, you know, how good a job they do on that, you, you just don't know. All right, Kevin, if there's uh, if it's not Benny Snell on offense, who's the player we should be looking out for? Uh that 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 may be the that may be the name by the time the game ends. Um well like I said, you know, if, if they're gonna concentrate on the running game, it would probably be AJ Rose. Um throwing the ball, you know, Kentucky didn't have a whole lot of success throwing the ball, but a guy to watch out for is David Bouvier. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, a local local kid from here, Lexington Catholic. Uh, who's just worked his way up the roster, up the roster, and into a starting position this season. And he was the leading, the leading receiver on Friday, on Sunday, Saturday. Um, I think he has five. Got my days confused. Um, I think he had five catches for like fifty, around fifty yards. Um, he's kind of, um, you know, he's kind of a little shifty. You know, he's like five nine. You know, he's one of those guys. You know, I compare him to like a. I'm trying to think of. Um, not like an Amendola or, you know, somebody like that, you know, one of those little, you know, those little guys that always just seems to get open. And that's yeah. what, that that's what he does. Um, that's, that's a name that um, definitely watch out for. Um, Wilson and Hope both seem to have a good rapport with him. Obviously, you know, we talk about CJ Conrad every year at tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has, he'll go through games where he'll have like three touchdowns in a game and then he'll go three, three games without a catch. And, um, it was, you know, it drove Kentucky fans crazy for whatever reason. Like Stephen Johnson and Conrad can never seem to get on the same page. Um, there'll be, like I guess, said there'll be one game where he'll do something. You know, I do. You know, I have a lot of stats, and then the next, then he'll go like three games without a catch. He's somebody to watch out for. Another guy to watch out for is Lynn Bowden. Um, he's um, 
another wide receiver. Uh, he was Kentucky's highest-rated, you know, recruit from last year. Um, he caught, I think, is like 15 catches this past season. He's also the kickoff return guy, and Bouvier will actually be the uh, the punt is the punt return guy. Um, Bowden has the breakaway speed. You know, they're just waiting waiting for him to put it all together. You know, he got on campus late last year because he was still getting his academics sorted out. Um, so he's only just now gone through an entire season of conditioning and being, you know, you know, being around the whole team for the winter. But th- those are three guys, uh, Bouvier and um, Conrad and then, and Bowden would be, would be names that I would, you know, would keep an eye on as Florida, as Florida fans, as you're watching, as you're watching the game on Saturday. Uh, Kevin, last thing here, and I'm gonna, uh, I'll hit it later on, and and uh, when I you know wrap everything up here, I think the key stat for me in this game is 150 rushing yards uh, for Kentucky. And I want to get your opinion on that. If 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 Florida can hold Kentucky less to 150 yards rushing, I have a hard time seeing Kentucky win this game. I think the you know one of the the, the main I think stats there, if Kentucky can get 150 more yards rushing. Then I think you know. Then 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 that that could be the key stat of you know maybe Benny Snell and Rose get going and and, and upset the Gators. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. If Kentucky runs for less than one hundred and fifty yards, and I think Florida wins the game easily. You know, as I said earlier, I think Snell needs to have a career game, whether it's you know in touchdowns or yards. I think Kentucky needs. You know, they ran for almost three hundred yards on this past weekend. I think they need a similar you know, a similar effort, you know, like that on Saturday to have a chance to win. They've got to try to control, you know, ball control. They're going to run the ball a lot. Um, yeah, I think if anything less than, you know, I was even less than 200 yards. Yeah. Um, Kentucky probably does not, does not win that game on Saturday. But if you, if they're able to, if the Gators defense is able to stop the run, then um, the Kentucky passing game is the great unknown because, mm-hmm. you know, as I said, you know, neither one of the quarterbacks, like I said, Wilson or Hoke, have only played in one, you know, in one game. And in Hoke's series, you know, in Hoke's case, he only played like three series. You know, he played that one series at the end of the first half and the two series in the second half. So, you know, you don't have a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of uh, you know games to base everything on. So, yeah, I think uh, if Kentucky controls the ball, if they run, like I said, at least two hundred yards, then I think they have a chance of winning. But you know. <laughs> we we know we know how Kentucky uh, we know how Kentucky football luck goes, especially against against the Gators. Okay, one thing just sprung to me as well. Uh, going, yeah, how's does Kentucky on, on defense? Do the guys blitz a lot? Because I really do think that may be what the Kentucky defense comes and tries to do to to, to kind of mess with Felipe Franks and see how he handles pressure. Because Charleston Southern wasn't able to do it uh, a whole lot, and, and he actually got some pretty good pass blocking um, uh, for the night on Saturday night. But is is Kentucky some kind of, you know, uh, you know scheme him up with, with any exotic blitz packages that can, can come in or – uh, confused Franks, or is it more just your front three, four guys going and beating that offensive line? Um, I think a lot of it is just trying to beat the offensive line. I would, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see them, you know, maybe blitz with with Jones, or even you know, with Jones or Allen, or maybe run Mike Edwards in like on the safety blitz, you know, kind of thing. You know, just just to try, you know, try something and see what happens. Now I'll say that in the blitz. You know the blitz every play on Saturday, <laughs> but um, but no, I I you know, like I said, just just basing it on one game against Central Michigan, they didn't do a whole lot of that. Yeah. But you know, they may just, you know, it's like I said, it's the first game, and it's mm-hmm. you know, you can never tell 
you know, you can't you can't tell that much from a first game. Uh, I said, uh, I if if it was me, I would I would try it. You know, I would you know throw some some kind of blitz schemes up there uh, and just you know and just see what and see what happens. And if you get you know and you're trying to count on your secondary, your 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 secondary is supposed to be highly so highly rated. You know that they're going to stop that they're going to stop the Florida defenders. All right, Kevin. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining me uh, here and previewing this Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, oh. What you guys got coming up here uh, on Last Word on College Football this week? Oh well, uh, first, uh, thank you for having me on again. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, we've got. Uh, I have a. Uh, I called it a, a therapy session, for lack of a better term. Uh, <laughs> we did. Um, I basically did a countdown. I put a poll up on my Twitter page, actually, which you okay. follow at Kevin McGuffey if you like. Plug, plug. Um, and I said, okay, we picked the the top five. You know, I called it the, the ranking Kentucky's most heartbreaking losses to Florida. <laughs> and I, I picked four, pick, you know, four games. And then um, and you can probably guess the games. It was, you know, last season, 2014, 93 and 2003. Yep. And uh, and then I threw in, you know, another category. And then, you know, I think to the 2007 game, which was, you know, I was at that game. It was one mm-hmm. of the most exciting, you know, one of the most exciting games I've ever been to that was you know the college game day with you know Tim Tebow you know Andre Woodson had the career game you know it was just it was you know we lost you know we Kentucky lost but it was still you know one of the most fun games I've ever been to that's you can say be, we you can say we okay I, I <laughs> uh, that was that that was you know that's going to be posted tomorrow and uh, okay. I you know encourage all the all the Gator fans to check it out and you can just you know, from your all standpoint, to be reliving the good days. Yeah. But um, I'll be um, sure. I'll be sure to share. I'm sure some Gator fans will definitely. Yeah, with um, the game coming then, up, of course. Right, and then we have. Um, I don't think the same as Hector Rodriguez, I believe. Yeah. Who covers okay. who who covers Florida for last word on college football and does a great uh, does a great job with that. So I have to give him a shout out. But and I do. I'm going through that, and I was like, I said, it's like a therapy session. It's like I'm just going to get this all out. And then, and then at the end, I do have a preview of the game, and you know, I, you know, make make a prediction. And like I said, I'm not I'm not coming on here this year guaranteeing a Kentucky victory like <laughs> I did last year. We'll put it like that. So, <laughs> and where did the streak? You know, the streak. Uh, I, I think the streak will end when you don't expect when you least expect it. You yeah. know, like the ten. You know, when the, when they finally beat Tennessee, Kentucky had a quarter uh, a wide receiver. Their top two quarterbacks were out. They had a wide receiver you know, play quarterback that day, Matt Roark, and, you know, and they beat, you know, beat Tennessee 10 to seven to finally break that streak. So, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, have been kind of low, I don't want to say low key this week, but it's almost like, okay, let's don't talk about it. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, the media, of course, have, you know, have, you know, cause you can't, as you talked about earlier, you can't help but not talk about it, but you know, it's like, okay, if we're going to try reverse psychology. We're not going to talk about the streak. We're not going to talk about last year. We're not going to, you know, talk about any of that stuff and see if, you know, see if, the, you know, see if that helps. But um, I said, it, I think, I think, I think the point spread is like 15, which seemed yeah. a little high to me. Um, I think it's going to be less than that. And um <sighs> spoiler alert i i did i will say it i picked florida to win so okay. reverse we'll, we'll we'll say reverse psychology <laughs> on that too um i think i think i picked it like 27 to 20 or something like that so but anyway that'll be up on last word in college football tomorrow or if you'd like i mean there's you know we have writers i think just about everybody in the sec i think maybe except for arkansas i think arkansas maybe mississippi state couple okay. of teams like that but um you know give them a, give them a shout out uh, at, or um, you know follow on twitter i think it's at last word on cfb um is the twitter 
I'm going to get that wrong and I'm going to get, I'll get fussed <laughs> at tomorrow. But uh, anyway, uh, well, 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 everybody, all the Gator fans that are listening to this, you know, they'll follow me. You tag me in it. I'll retweet yeah. it. We'll, we'll get okay. them there. Well, I appreciate that. Like I said, it, it was kind of a therapy session for me just to get it out. And um, I, I think it turned out pretty well. So like I said, you know, we, we went through and ranked those, you know, five games and went through some of the highlights. And then, like I said, then did a preview, a brief preview of the game, you know, on Saturday. So. Yeah, they say uh, good good work there at Last Word on College Football. Hey, that's that's where I got my start. That's where I started with that. I started there, and now I'm just sticking to the podcast. But a lot of good work there. And Mike mm-hmm. Laval, he'll he'll be joining us uh, the week of the Tennessee game. Yeah, next yeah next week. Yeah, yeah or yeah, is it two? Is it two weeks? Two weeks. Two, yeah, yeah. Two, two weeks. Colorado, right. Colorado State's in between this year. Right, so. right. Yeah, because Kentucky Kentucky has Murray Murray State next week. So we have our uh, our game against the F- FCS team uh, next week. So which should be a cakewalk, but you know. <laughs> you just you just never because Murray, Murray like twenty years ago was one of the best teams, you know, in in then Division One AA football, but they've they've not been very good the last few years. So, but anyway, all right, all right. Kevin, thank you once again uh, for joining in and and, uh, and previewing this Kentucky Wildcats, and we look for a good game on Saturday. Uh, thank you, David. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Good 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 luck, and it's great talking to you. As always, look forward to doing it again in the future. All right, yeah, we'll plan we'll plan to do it again next year. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you. All right, Kevin. Thanks, man. All right. Kevin McGuffey from Last Word on College Football. Uh good site there. Like I said, I got my start there. I started writing there. Uh and then kind of just wanted to do the podcast. So that's how it all uh worked out. So from here on out for the rest of the show, if I seem kind of uh uh, distracted. I have a fantasy draft going on right now, so uh, <laughs> that's, that that'll be. I mean, I'm trying to keep an eye on it. So if you're watching the YouTube version, you'll see my head be swiveling, going to the iPad, and uh, trying to figure out the draft and all that stuff. So here we go, Florida, Kentucky. Hey, some uh, the Gators uh, sent out the in the media guide uh, some some notable numbers, of course, uh, of uh, the the streak of what's going on between Florida and. Kentucky, Florida's 31-game winning streak against Kentucky is the fourth longest streak in an in, in, in uninterrupted series in NCAA history. Uh, and come Saturday, here's a big number. Come Saturday, it will be 11,620 days since Florida last lost to Kentucky in football. And uh, here's another one. Florida has also won 13 consecutive SEC Openers. So there we go. So here's notable numbers from the streak. And these are uh, some pretty good numbers here. I'll kind of just fly through these. But, uh, you know, some pretty good numbers when tying everything in together uh, since uh, since Florida and Kentucky have been playing. A plus 733 Florida total point differential, 733 more uh, better points for Florida in this winning streak. Uh, 98 different Gators responsible t- for touchdowns. 66 uh, was the largest winning margin for Florida. That was in 1994. Uh, 23.6 is the uh, Florida's average margin of victory. Uh, 15 times Florida has won at least by tw- uh, at least by tw- uh, 21 points. Uh, eight games decided by single digits. Seven times Florida has won by at least 35 points. Seven different coaches have beat Kentucky in the streak. Uh, six times Florida has scored at least 50 points. Two shutouts, 1996 and 2012. Uh, one overtime game, we all remember that one, DeMarcus Robinson, Jeff Driscoll to DeMarcus Robinson in 2014. Um, uh, and uh, one is the Florida's narrowest, narrowest margin of victory. That was in 2017, a one-point win uh, last year. And uh, 284 as Florida total wins since 
November 15th, 1986. So uh, some big numbers there, uh, of course. Uh, and uh, just uh, uh, my picks up. Here we go. Uh, and uh, we'll see, uh, you know, if Florida can keep it going here, you know. And uh, here's the things I, I want to see uh, when Florida and Kentucky meet up. You know, I kind of let Kevin – uh, you know, I talked to him about that. I think the 150 uh, yards rushing is a, is an important streak. But also got some other ones here uh, in what I want to see. And, it, I, of course, guys, going back and looking at it, it's Felipe Franks looking comfortable within the offense again. Uh, a tempo to similar uh, – a tempo similar to what we saw uh, last week uh, as well. Come out fast. Um, it, it makes a difference. I really, I really do think it makes a difference. I think Franks is more comfortable in it. Uh, cuts down on all the thinking – uh, and, and the coaches are there on the sidelines, you know, calling in uh, plays and checks. And it, it, this style of offense just really helps with Bay Franks. Uh, look, he had a great second quarter last week, and just like to see him pick up where he left off, get off to a fast start. You know, start fast and make this Kentucky team play catch up uh, from the get go. That is the best best path to a win. Uh, you, you, in the preview just a few minutes ago, you heard how how much Kentucky is going to rely on Benny Snell and, and rely on this run game. You get up quick on him and make Wilson or Hope come in and have to throw, and they're not throwing on this Florida secondary with any kind of consistency if they get down big. You know, so if Florida gets up big, I wouldn't expect any type of comeback uh, from Kentucky uh, there. Once again, brought it up earlier as well. The offensive line needs to come in and assert themselves, uh, and this will be a test with that uh, with that linebacker Josh Allen and that defensive line uh, for Kentucky that has plenty of experience in that front seven. Uh, this is a front seven that can easily give this offensive line some trouble. Uh, keeping Franks clean is a must for him to continue his good play from last week. And, and, and I, I do think Kentucky will bring a lot of pressure if they need it. Now, I think, much like Kevin said, I also think they'll see what they can get away with from the pressure from the defensive line, but not bringing blitzes to begin with. But uh, if it gets to that point, they'll start bringing guys left and right and see if they can confuse Franks especially if Franks gets off to a fast start and then, you know, they need to start making something happen. Uh, but if the offensive line can hold up for the Gators and, 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 you know, Kentucky would need to bring numbers and you know, look, it'd be up to Franks then to start hitting some one-on-one matchups. And that's where the big plays that happen uh, right there. So uh, I mentioned the key stat, I think uh, overall key stat uh, for Florida to win this game, hold this Kentucky ground game to about 150 yards, hold them around there. You know, this one might be tough to do and not, not saying Florida won't win if Kentucky gets more than 150 yards, but if Florida holds around that line, I just, I, I don't see Kentucky winning, you know, setting the edge is a, is a must here. And hopefully uh, the Gators can show uh, that they can get that part down as an aggressive defense, you know, polite moon Zuniga and, and others must be sound in this, you know, while being aggressive at the same time, because, this is the only way Kentucky will win this game is if, if they rack up the rushing yards there. They're not going to be able to pass on Florida. If they can continually hit big plays in the run game, uh, then Kentucky can find a way to win this game. But Florida also has to tackle well. I mean, Benny Snell uh, had 80 yards after contact last week and forced eight missed tackles. And Florida had some trouble last week in tackling, and, and players have talked about it, Marco Wilson in particular. Uh, he pointed out that that well and that they, they had to get better in tackling. So, look, is it, it – it, it, Kentucky's going to come in running the ball. And the coaches know the game plan. And that's what it's going to be. So stop the run game, force them to pass. you got to like your chances if you're the Gators there. So that'll kind of do it uh, for the Kentucky preview here. Look, go pack the swamp, guys. There's a few tickets out there left. Uh, go support Dan Mullen in this SEC opener. Look, last week was fun. Let's make this week even funner uh, with the SEC uh, schedule 
kicking off, and it, it should be a, a lot of good time uh, there. Bill Sykes will be with me. Uh, we'll be tailgating around uh, the Harmonic Woods area, so we'll be tailgating with those guys, and I'll introduce him to that. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. But um, it's it, go, 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 get a ticket. Let's go. Let's go be in the swamp together and have a lot of fun. Uh, hold on, yeah, make another uh, pick here. So. Um, sorry, this isn't good podcasting, but I gotta, I gotta do what I gotta do here and, uh, uh, make some, uh, good picks here. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it should be fun. And, uh, we'll see how the Gators are ranked, uh, coming into this game as well. Uh, both polls came out so in the coaches and the AP poll, uh, the Gators, uh, are ranked 25th in, uh, both polls. So I see the Gators uh, get noticed there. Like, I think it was the, the coaches poll that they were, uh, one of the polls, I forget they were ranked around 27th anyway. So with teams losing in front of them, uh, they were definitely going to, uh, to move up and get ranked, uh, when it was all uh, said and done, uh, after week one and the results from there. So, Hey, look, Gators got a commitment too, but uh, since the last time we were on, uh, I think we did our last show Monday night and the Gators got a commitment then, uh, right after, uh, we, uh, we recorded our last uh, episode. So six foot five, 315 pound, four star offensive tackle. William Harrod committed to Florida fresh off of a visit last week. Uh, had offers from Michigan, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Boston college and others as well. He's the nation's 304th overall prospect in the number 30, uh, and a number, yeah, number 31st offensive tackle in the 2019 recruiting class. So good job by the staff to get him to commit, uh, right after the visit, and it looks like and he was sold soon after he stepped foot on campus. And I think the atmosphere uh, Saturday night was just icing on the cake for Harada uh, to get him in here. He's the 14th overall commit and uh, Florida's fourth offensive line commit as the Gators look to sign a total of five uh, offensive linemen in this class. You know, definitely a position of need uh, to get guys to come in here and know the heavy standard uh, from the get-go is nice. You know, get those guys who can come in uh, and, and – uh, have to uh, um, know the expectations uh, from Hevesy right away. Uh, so, also, you know, good for Dan Mullen to kind of come in here and uh, identify a problem. Uh, the, you know, the offensive line isn't where it needs to be. Numbers aren't where it needs to be. Uh, uh, you know, numbers that can go out there and prove it on the field aren't where they need to be. This is a, a position, a group, uh, a position group of uh, guys that you know haven't got it done. It's time to to turn it around and look. They're going out there and, and getting numbers, and, and they're getting guys that they've identified that they want. So it, it's a problem. So good for you know going out there and, and identifying, uh, getting some you know four uh, four star guys out here uh, along the offensive line, and 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 who can come in and, and make a difference. So uh, identify the a problem, and look, he did it with quarterback already. You know, with the commits he's got, Emory Jones, Jalen Jones, Anthony Richardson, and now doing the same thing at offensive line. And hopefully, yes, it lends itself to a fast turnaround um, uh, on that uh, position group there. Uh, so the Gators are ranked 22nd in the nation in the 24-7 sports composite rankings and 11th overall in the SEC. They are ranked 15th if you go by average recruiting ranking. That's what I like to use uh, You know, more. It doesn't necessarily count all the uh, – You know, some teams are ranked higher right now just because they have higher numbers. So if you go just by average uh, recruiting ranking, Florida is ranked 15th. Uh, right now, and keep your eyes peeled on Thursday. Cornerback um, Jaden Hill will be making. Uh, it looks like he'll be making his announcement on Thursday. A uh, good chance for to get him in the fold as well. Uh, Four-star cornerback there. So keep your eyes out on Thursday. It looks to be a Florida-Tennessee battle, and we'll see where it ends up. 
uh, for the Gators uh, on Thursday, more than likely. So uh, before we sign off here, look, uh, look, a bunch of good SEC games coming up this week. Uh, and uh, starting at noon, uh, we'll go through the, the the slate for the SEC right here. Mississippi State at Kansas State. Of course, Dan Mullen's former team going all the way to uh, Manhattan, Kansas uh, to play at noon. So Mississippi State at Kansas, that's a good game to keep an eye on. Nevada at Vanderbilt's also at noon. Arkansas State at Alabama, 3.30. The game of the week in the SEC where two teams are play, playing each other, of course. Georgia and South Carolina at South Carolina. So, look, you know, the SEC East is going to be, um, uh, I won't say a lot clearer, but you'll have some more results to start comparing each other with Florida and Kentucky and Georgia at South Carolina. So two teams will be, uh, you know, toward the, the top of the SEC East standings. So the winner of those two games there. Uh, we'll be uh, looking down on everybody else. Uh, we'll see if Will Muschamp can get a big win if Georgia looks to continue their dominance in the SEC East. Southern Illinois at Ole Miss uh, at 4 o'clock. East Tennessee State uh, versus Tennessee at 4 o'clock. Southeastern Louisiana versus LSU at 7. Wyoming and Missouri is also at 7. That could be a sneaky good game maybe. Uh, and to round it out, Alabama State at Auburn at 7.30 and Arkansas at Colorado State. Uh, is also at 7.30, and of course, Florida and Kentucky are at 7.30 on a SEC network. So it should be, uh, it'll be the, the same crew that called the uh, game last week. So uh, you'll be used to those guys uh, from last week and uh, everything um, you know, they bring to the table. I really like Cole Kublik uh, as an uh, on-field analyst there, uh, and Jordan Rogers and uh, Tom Hart, I think, is uh, the crew. So pretty good crew for the SEC network. Uh, there, so good week in the SEC as far as SEC East goes. Um, Texas A&M Clemson uh, also play, so that's a, probably the, the national game of the week. But in the conference, I still think we got to go to Georgia South Carolina, especially for what it means uh, for the Gators uh, in the SEC East. So uh, once again, I want to thank Kevin McGuffey for joining me from uh, Last Word on College Football. Check his work out there. Uh, he'll be sharing his story of uh, some heartbreaks for, from Kentucky's uh, games with Florida, and also his uh, Florida Kentucky preview where uh, he. Uh, he didn't give a score to us. It'll be in his article for sure of what he uh, he's picking Florida to, to beat Kentucky. So we'll see uh, where that goes there. But check that out on Thursday. I'll be uh, sharing that uh, from Kevin. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening uh, to this episode of Gators Breakdown. You can find us on newsforjacks.com uh, slash Gators Breakdown. Look, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, whichever way you want to get it. Thanks for listening. I'm glad uh, you, know, you guys uh, – Really helped us out this past weekend. A lot of listens uh, for the first two episodes after the, the win over Charleston Southern. So um, thank you much. Also, squadlocker.com. Search Gators Breakdown. You can get Gators Breakdown uh, merchandise there, shirts, hats, polos, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, uh, really good-looking stuff, finally, uh, for, for as far as uh, merchandise goes. So if guys want to rip some Gators Breakdown out there, it is very much appreciated. So I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Uh, and guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. <laughs>